Hi guys, welcome to Self-Care Sundays. This is Han and I'm joined by the beautiful Naz. Hello, hello, big Hannah. And hello, everybody. I'm excited. We haven't recorded in a long time. Let's get this show rolling. Dude, I have to tell you something. I am so sick of Instagram. I know I always say this to you, but I'm actually sick of it. I'm over it. What, what, why? Why? I follow these uh, mummy influencers, right? And they're always like posting their kids playing happily and calmly with their like aesthetically pleasing toys. And I'm like, dude, show me the drama. Show me the chaos. I want to see your kid having a tantrum. I want to see your kid having a hissy fit. I'm like, this is fake. Like every kid is a little shit, right? And you can't even say that I'm wrong. (laughs) No, but I mean, would you put up a video of your kid throwing a tantrum? Everybody makes it out to be like they have the most serene, perfect lives on social media. But if you're like a mommy influencer, you need to show like the good side of parenting and like the shit side of parenting. Because I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, my kids don't just play calmly like that. All right. Like what's going on? So like it was my daughter's birthday, right? The other week. And my son just like, he hates her birthday. He just hates the fact that she was born. So he was being like, there was one night he was being really mean to her. He was just like pushing her around, yelling at her. Anyway, I was about to put them to bed, give them a glass of milk, whatever. They just had their shower. Then I realized I ran out of milk. I'm like, okay, I need to go get some milk. I put them in the car. And my daughter has this little monkey that she takes everywhere with her. And we come back home. I'm so excited. I'm like, go to bloody sleep. I just want to go on TikTok. I want to eat cake. Just fall asleep. But my daughter's screaming. She's crying. And I'm like, what the hell happened? What's going on? She can't find her monkey anywhere. <laughs> oh, no. So I start looking for the monkey. I go back to the car like four times. Uh, my son's helping me, which is like, I was like so proud of him. I'm like, good on you, buddy. I'm like, you know, this is what a big brother's supposed to do. I know, you know, it's your sister's birthday week and it's you're upset, but good on you. So he's helping me look for it everywhere. He's like reassuring me, telling me it's going to be okay. You know, we'll give her something else. And I just had this feeling. I'm like, you know what, Hannah, just go outside one more time and just check under the car. So I go outside, I check under the car, and the monkey's there, but it's like under the seat, like under the side where my son was sitting. So I'm like, this doesn't seem right. I'm like, why isn't it under the side of where my daughter was sitting, you know? Mm, Like how did it get to the other side of the car? How did it get to his side? This is strange. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, let me just go to the CCTV footage monitor and I'm like, let me just check how the hell the monkey got under the car because I got to know. So I call my son. I'm like, hey, look, you know, I found the monkey. He's like, oh, alhamdulillah, thank God. Oh, you know, this is such good news. I'm like, yeah, it is, isn't it? So I'm like, let's watch the video. I'm like, let's go. I'm like, come with me. Let's watch the video of how the monkey got there. He's like, okay. He's sitting there and right there on the screen is him getting out of the car and throwing the monkey under the car. Oh, my God. And this kid was helping you look for it. He was helping me look for it. He was, like, reassuring me. I looked at him. He looked at me. We were looking at the screen, and he's like, oh, I guess I'll just put myself in timeout. He's one smooth criminal, man. He's, like, operating on innocent until proven guilty. He even walked up to you and was watching the camera footage with you. 
my god how did he react when he got caught red-handed nothing he just said okay like you know he's like I'll put myself in time out and I'm like just go to bed like I don't even (laughs) want to deal with you right now no I'm like I realized I was like cool 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 you know I got another child anyway in case the first one turns out to be a liar I think that's why our parents kept having kids right But my and daughter, the youngest one is always the favorite. Yeah, I thought my daughter, I thought my daughter was perfect, you know. And then like she comes up to me the other day, she's like, Mimi hit me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Um, and I'm like, show me where he hit you. Mimi's like what she calls her brother. She shows me a birthmark on her leg. And I'm like, nah. Why are they both out to get each other? Like, what's what's going on? Dude, I have no idea. But you can't tell me your mom didn't pour all the effort and love into your youngest brother oh of course he was like her last hope and he gets treated like that even though he's an adult now like he just turned 18 and he still gets treated like a baby yeah so she like had your sister and she's probably like nah this one's messed up had you was like nah oh no, no no when they were trying for me they wanted a boy they're like all right let's try <laughs> see if we could have a son maybe that'll turn out all right and then it was me, so I was a disappointment. And then they had my my brother, actually not the the one older than my youngest brother, the middle child, like me. Yeah, okay. They were really excited to have him, but then he was a naughty teenager, so then they were just like, okay, <laughs> this one's a write-off. It was valid. Sorry, my youngest brother made the biggest difference. A write-off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In my parents' eyes, the rest of us are just, like leftovers right now honestly no but I get it I get it it's just like you keep trying until you get it right you know (laughs) Uh, what else is happening in your world not in my world but Kevin Samuels died yeah Kevin Samuels (laughs) dead that's crazy yeah yeah man for like at least a week it was all anyone could talk about I'm actually kind of sick of hearing about him Oh, my God. Our group chat, like the guys in our group chat were mourning for days. For days. Yeah. (laughs) They kept reposting his videos like, yeah, man, everything he said was so right. And Oh, Oh my God. It was almost like a memorial for Kevin Samuels in the group chat. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to mute this group chat and stop reading it because I'm going to just get really angry. (laughs) I know, but, like, I feel like it's only insecure men who really look up to Kevin Samuels that that, that's my theory I know it's wrong of me to call my friends insecure but I I really can't see how a confident happy man in a in a loving committed relationship would give a shit or give a fuck about what Kevin Samuels says true no I I definitely definitely agree you should even see like he's definitely like I didn't even know what his definition of a high value man was right and I'm like let me actually check out what his definition was and he defined it with six things so he he said a man's ability to earn at least 10k monthly earning of 10k monthly over the course of five years acceptance from like a group of other high value men access to (laughs) yeah yeah, I know right (laughs) okay access to a fraternity like network and accepted in like a prominent position, like position in society, and the ability to be of use by other high value men. But then he also really talked about 
you know, dressing properly, like wearing suits and like, you know, always wearing like perfume or smelling really nice of like oud and yeah. But the thing you know that what it sounds like he's describing, yeah. it sounds like he's describing like membership to like a gentleman's club or something. Yeah. Like, like this is like the, the entry, you know, requisites and stuff. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Like he's creating this big bro club. I don't even care what you want to like call a high value man. That's fine. But what like really pissed me off was the way he used to rank his female guests. He used to rank them by something called sexual marketplace value. This is like a term and a ranking he made up. And the ranking was based on their attractiveness, on their height, weight, dress size, and physical features. He like, he believed a woman is considered below athletic average if she was an eight or a less like on a 10 point scale so he was basically telling women to lower their expectations of attracting a high value man if they were below an eight so a woman came on to his like instagram live she like made six figures and she's like i want a man that makes six figures too and he's like what the hell he's like look at you you're below average at best like he's like you're just gonna get like an average man <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really bad So, like, the woman he, like, found to be unattractive and stuff on his Instagram live, he would advise them, he's, like, settle for, like, an average man, settle for for a below average man. Yeah, but that's his whole thing. His whole thing is the reason why you men are single and lonely and alone is because women have unrealistic expectations. That's why so many insecure men look up to him because he gives them, like, a reason to blame women for their fucking issues. Do you know what I mean? Kevin Samuels is the dude who said, if you're 35 and over and you're unmarried, you're basically trash, you know, because that means that every man out there is going to know something is wrong with you. So basically give up, lower your yeah. expectations, like very, very, very low. <laughs> but like, if we look at it, right, this high value metrics or whatever, like Kevin Samuels and these little boys, I'm not even going to call them men, follow, like it only accounts for like finances and influence. And it just, it like ignores the individuals, like humanity, like what happened to being like a high-quality individual? Is a high-value man only about his money and his finances and a high-value woman is just how she looks? Also, it's like the women that he interviews specifically also focus on how much a man makes, but that's because he's. it's like he almost targets these women. Like they're a very, very specific group of women, okay, that, that actually value how much like a man makes. So in his fucking metric, he thinks he's, he's helping these women, but he's overgeneralizing by thinking that's what the majority of women actually want when it's not. We yeah. actually don't care how much a man makes. I mean, we might, but it's not fucking top of the list. Oh, no, it's definitely not top of the list. Like what about just being a well-rounded, you know, great guy or great individual? How would you define a high-value man? Uh, he has to be making at least 200000 a year. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's, let's pop that one. No, <laughs> you don't sound like you're joking. I've had money on my mind these days, and you know that, Hannah. I'm trying to like come up with all kinds of side hustles, but okay. Anyway, if oh I'm generally God. speaking, <laughs> if I was like thinking about like my life partner and trying to pick a high value man, like you know, for marriage, I would look at things like ambition. I think that's that has to be like a strong characteristic in any man before I can even find him attractive like you have to have ambition and you have to have some kind of direction in life not just aimless I mean that aimlessness you need to leave behind in your early 20s and your teenagehood 
So for when you become a man, you have ambition, you have goals, you have drive. I like also a man that can think for themselves and that, that, you know, they have their own intelligence and they're not like kind of leaning on everybody else and trying to fit into, you know, society's expectations or, you know, this is what my mom wants me to do, therefore I'm going to do it. Like you have to have your own mind and have your own personality. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. A high value man is also a man who looks after his family and his friends. So, you know, and I'm talking if it's like most of the women that he interviews are not married and they're looking for marriage. So it would be a man who's looking after his family, like, you know, his parents, his siblings, his close friends. Like how does he treat them? Is Does he show up? Is he reliable? Is he dependable? Yeah. And obviously a man who's capable of actually love, commitment and kindness. I love your list. I'm like going to write it down and like stick it on my mirror or something. Manifest it. Yeah. <laughs> What about you? I think we're pretty much similar. Like definitely I think my definition of a high value man is someone who's assertive. So like I think pretty much similar to what you said. So someone that knows what he wants and isn't afraid to get it and like doesn't allow the opinions of family, friends or outside factors influence him. So someone that can speak up for his rights and the rights of people close to him, like his friends, his partners, his kids. That's really important to me. Like I don't not someone passive that can just be easily influenced that will come home one day and like is completely a different person, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, has to be confident and has to have a high self-esteem. I think that's very important. Someone who's constantly trying to grow, learn and better himself. So they don't have to have like the fanciest job. They don't have to have the highest paying income, but they need to be content with their job and they need to like constantly want to upskill and, you know, make themselves better. I think someone who a high value man for me would be someone who's emotionally intelligent. So someone that takes responsibility when they've done something wrong. I think that's really important. Doesn't blame others for their mistakes and situations. Someone I, who's accountable. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. important because all I've seen lately is a lot of people just like, oh, they do something wrong, but they want to blame everyone else for something mm. that that's that's to me, that's not a high value man. I think someone that can deal with problems in life and that doesn't like let a bad situation bring them down or define or define them. So I think life is not always rosy. So when something bad does happen, you want someone by your side that's going to be like, okay, this is a test from God. What lesson have I learned from this bad thing? How am I going to grow from this? Like, what am I going to do? And tries to move forward and tries to grow instead of acting like a victim and saying, oh, bad things always happen to me. Mm, so like re- resilience, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Someone you can be your, wrong, your rock. I know that Kevin Samuels talks a lot about wearing a suit and all that stuff, but I just don't think that you are a high-value man if, you're, if you wear a suit all the time. I think it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Obviously, dress respectable. But like a, just a man that's confident in his own skin, no matter what he wears, just someone that's just genuinely confident. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, maybe some guys need to wear suits for their work and their job requires and that's fine. But I've seen like the guys that are like constantly wearing suits all the time, like rocking up to suits in like to bowling or to the movies and constantly just like dressing up and talking about their income. And, you know, I feel like they're lacking in some places and they're like, trying to make up for it by wearing a suit like it kind of reminds me of remember Paul from Blue Therapy 
I mm. seen a photo of him on social media and he was wearing like a suit to like a music festival. Sweet, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor, poor, poor. Yeah, actually, like, if you notice, like, the men with, like, really high incomes and, like, have, like, really good businesses and are really successful aren't wearing suits all the time. They're not. Mm. Mm. I feel like when you're lacking in something or when you're, you know, when, you, when you're not used to a certain life, like, I feel like you tend to show off about it a lot. I got, like, a Balenciaga bag as a gift and I got, like, a Cartier bracelet as a gift and I, like, showed off. Like, I I flexed on Instagram. I told you. I, you know, showed off to my cousins because I'm like, that's not my lifestyle, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what this whole conversation is reminding me of? Do you remember that movie with Will Smith, Hitch? Yeah, yeah. So he's basically, like, what do you call it, like a matchmaker or something. Like, he helps men to like develop themselves so that they can like end up getting a date and stay, like find a relationship yeah so he starts working with this guy I forgot who the actor was and he buys him a suit <laughs> takes him shopping that's the first thing that they do you know it makes him go to the gym and work out and you know teaches him how to like speak in a certain way to women and how to like talk about his job in a certain way and all this stuff it's basically like you know they consulted with Kevin Samuels when they were making this movie <laughs> So he he ends up like getting like you know the the dream girl to go on a date with him but then you know after a few dates like she starts to notice something is fake about him and then because it's in movie in the most dramatic way she finds out that he's been using this dating coach and she was about to break up with him but then she realized like I actually fell in love with this person but the parts of him that I fell in love with are not the parts that that were coached or that could have been coached yeah she actually fell in love with his quirkiness his nerdy side, yeah, like his yeah. weird humor, you know, his kindness, like the fact that he was there for her when she was going through something, like, and that was the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I think there's a scene that's, like, really vivid in my mind from that movie is when he's eating, like, a hot dog and I think he, like, gets it all over himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's him, like, you know. Yeah. And, like, I'm. you mentioned before, like, in your when you were talking about a high-value man, like, I'm also attracted to confident people you know, and confidence is like, you know, when you're unapologetically yourself, that's it. Mm-hmm. Other people can sense that and they can fuel your energy yes. and they'll become yes. attracted to you. Like in men and women, like yes. there are so many girls that I met, like, and every time they walk into a room, like they can light up a room because they're just, they're just at peace. Do you know what I mean? And those are the women that don't engage with gossip, all of that shit, because they are very confident. I'm, I'm not even there. <laughs> I'm not even halfway there. I've yeah. got a lot of like self-esteem issues to to work on, but confidence is is attractive and it, and it comes from being yourself. Yeah, that's I, it. Not trying to fit into this box of what Kevin Samuels describes as a high value man. We both agree that attractiveness is obviously more than just physical looks, right? It's also mm-hmm. about like personality. Yeah. So, do you think like you have attractive energy, or like? When do you feel that you're the most attractive? I think I'm getting there, but like I can explain to you what I used to think attractive energy meant to me was basically getting validation and acceptance from others. I was like attached to what other people think and feel about me. So basically the opposite of those females you were just talking about. And like someone that used to be a people pleaser, I needed and wanted other people to validate me. Like I needed their approval to feel attractive. I realized like I was sacrificing like my level of self to make other people happy. 
I didn't even know who the hell I was. Like I wasn't sure of myself because I was happy when they were happy and I was sad when they were sad. My self-worth was tied to what they thought of me. And that's definitely not attractive energy. Like I was actually giving off needy energy. And Mm. I tied my self-worth to what someone thought of me. But if you actually think about it, what happens when you tie your worth to someone or people and they leave you or they stop validating you? It's actually sad because you end up feeling unworthy because your worthiness was tied to the outside. To me, like what is attractive and magnetic is when you take control and validate yourself. And when you aren't attached to what other people think or feel about you, when you're attached, you're like projecting your energy outside and you're giving power to other people to control what they feel about you. And that's crazy. Like imagine some basic person outside controls what I feel about me. So I think attractive energy is exactly what you said. It's about being confident in yourself, about validating yourself. It's about loving yourself. It's about giving yourself that reassurance and validation and not caring what other people think of you and not waiting for someone else to validate you or not waiting for someone else to love you or to want you or to come back to you. It's about giving all those things that you need to yourself. And I think once you do that, you become very attractive. Yeah, 100%. It's an easy trap to fall into though. Like, cause I'm, I'm like you, like I feel, especially when I'm in a relationship, like I need that constant validation from my partner. I'm always like, do you think I look good today? Like, are you, are you even attracted to me? And they're like, why would I be with you if I wasn't? Yeah. <laughs> At least like once a day, I need a compliment. Yeah. Um, but I think I also feel attractive when I pour into myself and I give myself like Mm self-love. And I mean, like when I buy a brand new outfit, you know, or when I start like working out or when I'm like trying new things and like doing adventurous things, like, because when I'm doing all that stuff, like I feel like I'm at my best and I'm being the best version of myself. And I actually think the best version of me is very attractive. (laughs) It's just that. I can have my downtime as well in my down moments where I don't have drive and I don't want to do all of those things. And then that's when I let my insecurities creep in and I'm too hard on myself, you know, and I feel like I'm not attractive anymore. So like in a way I'm actually tying my feeling of attractiveness to, you know, what I'm doing, what activities I'm doing to improve myself and all of that. And I don't give myself room to just like, it's still me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Even if I'm having downtime, like, it's still me. Like I'm, I'm still attractive at my core. Like I'm tying it to these external things. Like I have to be feeling my best at my peak performance. So how do we actually have more attractive energy? I think when you let go of neediness and negative beliefs about yourself and what others think of you, I think you'll find that you naturally start to become more magnetic and more attractive. I think the number one thing I really needed to let go of was neediness. I remember like reading somewhere that it said that the needy, the energy of neediness is an energy that says, if I need, therefore, like I lack it, like I don't have it. And like, I don't know if you've noticed that the more you want someone to do something, the more you want someone's validation, the more you want someone's approval, the less likely they're actually going to give it to you. And maybe like, I don't know if you've seen before that you really wanted someone's validation or text message or whatever it is. And it's almost like the more you want it, the more you push it away. And the less they, you know, the most likely like they won't even do it. And Mm -hmm. 
I always say like people can feel what you feel about you. And so if on the inside you're feeling that lack and you're feeling that you're not enough, then what's happening is that other people are feeling that off you and they're literally responding to you in that way. So I think to feel attractive, you need to let go of neediness. And the way you let go of neediness is you become aware of the validation that you want on the outside. So if it's like, if you want your partner to call you beautiful, call yourself beautiful, you know, and you start to validate yourself, you start to validate your own emotions, you start to validate your own sense of approval. And I think Mm -hmm. once I started to let go of caring what other people thought, and I started to let go of wanting other people's approval, and and I started to give myself approval, I started to feel more attractive. And when you feel more attractive, people can feel that on the outside. So basically just letting go of neediness is just letting go of the desire that we have for outside approval, knowing that we can only really validate from within. We can only really have that approval from within. And once we we do that, we become more magnetic, we become more attractive, because we are our own source of happiness and validation. We're not looking for it from outside. We're not waiting for someone to give it to us, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's all about self-love and just being kind to yourself as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the only other thing I would add to that is to stop comparing yourself to other people as well. Like instead of asking, you know, what's so-and-so going to find attractive or what are people going to think if, you know, I, I look this way or I do this thing, ask yourself, like, what, what do you feel attractive attractive in? So did I say that right? You almost feel free when you don't give a shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. Stop giving a shit. That's the, <laughs> that's the antidote. <laughs> How else do you have attractive energy, do you think? Maybe, like, embracing all parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. like the good the bad like it doesn't mean that you need to love every single thing about you like everyone has flaws but it's recognizing that they're your flaws do you know what I mean yeah. and just embracing them like you are a complete person and as a complete person you're attractive doesn't mean that you're going to like every tiny little thing about you but embrace it and accept it and hold on to that feeling even when you're having a bad week Yes. No, I I really love that because I feel like we're really harsh on ourselves. We we go we're easy on everyone else. Like if I was to come to ask you for advice, you'd be so kind to me. But if you were asking yourself that advice, you'd be really harsh on yourself, you know? And I think that's really important. Oh yeah, we wouldn't talk to our friends the way that we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna keep that in mind. I'm gonna go buy myself flowers. I'm going to tell myself I'm beautiful. (laughs) You are beautiful. (laughs) I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Make sure you check out our Instagram, Self Care Sundays Pod, Sundays with a Z, and we are out. See you later, alligators. Bye.